Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pirkei Avos podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions, comments, or you'd like to say hello, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. For this week, we continue with Perek Vav Mishnah Gimel, chapter six, Mishnah number three. Now, the, the Mishnah, or in this chapter, it's the Brisa, the unwritten Mishnah. The Mishnah is discussing a concept. There's a few different ideas expressed in this Mishnah about the, the honor and the respect we need to give to one who teaches us. And it also, additionally, it, it teaches us in the Mishnah, as we're going to see, the importance of what is, what is honor, you know, and what and the, 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 what is true goodness? So the Mishnah begins, Someone who learns from his fellow a single chapter, right? One chapter. Or even a single halacha, one law, one Jewish law. Or, they, or you learn one verse from someone, or even less than that, or one, one saying, right? One statement. Or if someone even, you learn from somebody, even one, one, uh, one letter, one single letter of the Aleph base. Someone teaches you a letter in the Aleph base. So what should be our attitude towards this person? Someone who teaches us even one letter of the Aleph base, the Mishnah says, Saruch by covered. You have to. We must treat him with honor. It's interesting. You look at the Mishnah, it says, Saruch by covered. It doesn't say it's optional. It says you need to give him honor because he taught you. He taught you something you didn't know. And we're going to get into a little bit later. Why is that so? Why is it that somebody who teaches you Torah? who gives over to you even a single letter, you have to give a certain amount of respect for. The Mishnah, though, explains a Kal Vechomer. We, we extrapolate, I guess, a from King David, this, 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 uh, the idea behind this Mishnah. Mishnah continues. Shekane, Matsinu B'David Melech Yisrael. We see by King David, the king of Israel, who learned nothing from Achitofel except for two things. Now, Achitofel was an advisor to King David, who later on rebelled against King David and joined King David's son, Avshalom, in the rebellion against his father. And for a certain amount of years, Avshalom actually overthrew his father for a little bit. But it, it, in, it seems that in, in the Talmud, Achitofel is referred to not in a good light. We refer to him as a wicked person. But still, and I don't know if he started off wicked. He started, seemed like he started off more righteous, but he went bad. But still, he originally was an advisor to King David, to King David. And he taught King David two things. And we're going to talk about these two things which he taught him because they weren't even necessarily Torah ideas or Torah thoughts. They were, they were good ideas, and still King David gave him a certain amount of respect, even though he was the king. 
And it's not so simple for a king to give up of his honor. And in certain scenarios, he's not allowed to give up of his honor. So we see, the, the Mishnah says, we see by King David, and he was in charge of all the Jewish people. And he only learned from Achitophel, his advisor, two things, which weren't even Torah thoughts necessarily. It was connected maybe, but there weren't necessarily a teaching. And still, how does King David refer to him as? That we see that King David refers to Achitophel as his teacher, his guide, and his intimate. And how do we know this? How do we know that King David referred to him in this way as and gave him a certain amount of reverence and respect? Because it says in Tehillim, right? Shenemar, right? The Mishnah continues. You are a man of my measure, my guide, and my intimate. And we know this referring to Achitophel. That we're David, King David is referring to when he refers to him as my, my guide, my, my intimate, my measure, right? He's referring to Achitophel because of what he taught him. Now the Mishnah continues, the Mishnah extrapolates from this, from the fact that David Amelech gave such reverence and awe to Achitophel. We learn now, and one can derive this from the following. That if David Amelech only learned two things from Achitophel and he was the king of Israel, where people have to give him respect and he's not allowed to just um, lower himself for other people in certain situations, but yet still. He referred to him, he still referred to him as a his, his teacher, his guide, his intimate. So therefore, we learn out from that, somebody who learns out from his friend, someone learns from his friend one chapter, or one law, or one verse, or one or one saying, even if he, he learns one, one letter from his friend, one letter of the Aleph Beis, all the more so must he treat his friend with respect and give him honor. So that is the first teaching of this Mishnah. Now, the second part of the Mishnah, the Mishnah continues that the Ain Kavod El and when we refer to honor, honor is due only for Torah, right? Why do we give people honor? Because of Torah. That should be our, our, our guide marker, right? Is it, do we give people honor because they're good at sports? Do we look up to people because they're wealthy? No, we give people honor because they are Torah scholars, and we give people honor because of they do mitzvos. We give people honor because they have good character traits, which is also tied into the Torah as well, because we have the obligation to work on our character. That's part of our divine service as well, to work between our relationship between man and man. But under no circumstances do we give, do we, do we, um, do we placate individuals because they're, wealthy or good at sports or they're politicians. I mean, we have to give respect to people. 
My point is, but we don't necessarily look up to people. We don't worship people because they could throw a ball, right? That's not something we do. And, and the Mishnah continues. As quote, we quote from Proverbs from Mishlei, as it says, the wise shall inherit honor and the perfect shall inherit good. And the third teaching of the Mishnah is and, the, and only Torah is true good. right? That means that only the Torah is something which is totally good. And we're going to get into this a little bit later to explain these last two concepts. Shenemar, as it says, as it says in Proverbs and Mishlei, I have given you a good teaching. Do not forsake my Torah. So we have three ideas which are expressed in this brisa. And I wanted to just go into a few lessons we can take out from this Mishnah that we can learn and hopefully it can make us better people and closer to Hashem. The first thought which I wanted to share with you tonight is this is the idea and the importance of learning from every person. We know we learned earlier in Pirkei Avos, it says, Ezu chacham Who is a truly wise person? is someone who learns from every person, from every individual. Meaning that every person that we interact with, every person that we interact with has something to learn from, has something we can gain from them. And I feel like a prerequisite to this Mishnah, to fully grasping it, to giving honor to somebody for teaching us is the idea that first we could learn from everybody. And if we have this outlook on other individuals and people in general that there's something to learn from, and most people, there is something there. We just have to look hard enough. And for others, we have we, we learn from them what not to do. But most people are good people, and there's always a good trait that people have. Everyone has their different strengths and weaknesses. And everyone has something that we could take out of them to, 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 to make ourselves a little better. But a big benefit of doing that and living our life in this way is that when we have that, that good eye on people and seeing what we can become, how we can come better from other people, it elevates our view of human beings. Because normally we look at somebody, we make judgments. And that's what we do a lot of times. Maybe it's right, maybe it's not right. You know, we're not supposed to be judging people, but it's very hard. We see people, they look a certain way. Maybe they smell a certain way or they have a certain appearance and we make a judgment call on them. But if we, if we know within ourselves that, and we, we, we internalize the Mishnah of Ezu Chacham Alemi Kal Adam, that who's a wise person, someone who learns from every, every uh, person, every individual, if we know that in our bones, so then when we see people, we don't just see the externals. We could try to start seeing what's under the externals, what's inside people 
And it sort of raises up our view and our outlook on individuals because we see that everyone has something to gain from. Everyone has strengths. And when you start seeing those strengths and seeing those good qualities, which everyone has something, so then it raises up our esteem for our fellow human beings, for people we interact with, and for people that are around us. Maybe we normally wouldn't give them the most respect. Maybe we wouldn't look at them in a positive light. But now that we know that there's something to be gained from them, that they have something that we can take out of to be better, and we try to find it, we have that good eye to look and to see where that good quality is. So then we'll be able to, to I guess, raise our opinion of the person and the individual, and we'll hopefully be able to see them in a better light. And this, I think, helps people. If, if everyone would have this outlook, I feel like people would have, people get along with each other better because if we had more respect for people, we we wouldn't, you know, get into this constant back and forth and this constant fighting with other other individuals. So let's um that's for this one idea, which I feel is a prerequisite for this Mishnah. Another thought which I wanted to share tonight is that we see from this Mishnah that the fact that the honor that we need to give it says it doesn't just say it's a, it's it's optional to give honor to someone who teaches us. Rather, it's it's an obligation. It says, that we need to give them honor. That if somebody teaches us, right, even one letter of the Aleph Bays, we have an obligation to give them respect because they taught us Torah. And it just brings into the forefront the, the, the honor we must give to our, 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 our rabbis, our, our, our leaders, are the people we look up to, the Torah scholars of our generation, and to the Torah scholars that we know, people who study Torah, to give them respect, and 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 especially the people who are teaching us to treat them properly, because um, someone who teaches, and we're going to get into that a little bit, why is that so? Why do we need to give honor for people who teach us Torah, right? Do we give such honor for, for you know someone who's a teacher to us? Fine, sure, we respect them. But the way that the, the Mishnah refers to someone who teaches Torah, it's, it seems like an extra level, extra extra high rung that we have to climb to, to have that certain reverence and awe. Now, the, the way that the Mishnah learned that we have to give honor to someone who teaches us Torah is from the story of King David, King David and Achitofel. And as I mentioned before, King, uh, King David had this advisor, Achitofel, and eventually, he ended his life as a rush, as a wicked person, siding with Avshalom, the son of David, who led a rebellion against King David to try to overthrow him. And um, it's brought down that the two things which are referred to in this Mishnah that, he, that was taught to King David from Achitofel was the idea of learning together with a Chavrusa, right? When in yeshiva, it's commonplace that People who study, it's they study together. They study with peers, peer learning. And it's even there's there's sources in, in the Talmud where, where verses are brought down to, to bring out the, the importance of studying together, studying with someone else. Because 
when we study by ourselves, sure, I, you know, it's great to study anytime, even by yourself. It's important. But when we're by ourselves, we're more prone to number one, making a mistake. We're, we, it's easier for us to say we understand something when we maybe we really don't understand something because we just want to get through whatever we're trying to learn. And maybe number three is we're not necessarily going to fully understand what we're doing. So there's always a, a, a benefit at, to learning with a chavrusa. And in fact, the, the Talmud brings down an interesting story. I, I don't remember offhand who this happened with, which one of the Tanayim Amaroyim, you have to forgive me right now, but it seems like one of the Tanoim, you know, the, the legend, to make a separation, there's the, there's the story of Rip Van Winkle, who he went to sleep for, I think, 70 years, and he woke up as an old man. So the Talmud relates a story, I believe, where one of the Tanoim, I think, went to sleep, and he woke up many, many years later. And it seemed like he, he went to his house and, you know, for, for him, I think he became into a state of shock. He met his son who was older and back and forth. And, and at a certain point, you know, I think that he asked where his study partner was. And I think they, they said that his study partner passed away. And he said, Oy chavrusa, oy misusa. It's either I have a chavrusa. If I don't have my chavrusa, I'd rather have death. And the commentaries go back and forth what exactly that means. And um, it seems like the sages prayed that he should that he should pass away. And there's again, there's a lot of commentary on exactly what happened there. But uh, it's a very fascinating story. I, I, I just came to my mind right now. The story, I, I'm, I, I don't want to say a name of the Tana because I don't want to make a mistake, but I'm thinking of a certain Tana, but I'll have to check it up afterwards. So the idea is that we see clearly from the story, I hope I got the details right. Um, we see very clearly this importance of studying with peer, peer study. And it seems that Ahitophel, when he came in to visit King David, he saw him that he was studying by himself. And he said, what are you doing? Why are you studying by yourself? And he said, David HaMelech asked, what should I do? He said, you should study with a Chavrusa. And, and David HaMelech said, you're right. And he started studying with a Chavrusa. That was one of the teachings, the things that he taught King David. It wasn't necessarily Torah, but it was a good idea that King David implemented. So, And, and something we could learn as well, the importance of studying with somebody. And it's not just studying with somebody, it's also coming to a base medrash as well. You know, again, I'm not taking away the importance of learning at home and learning wherever you are. If you're listening to this podcast right now, it's amazing. You're studying Torah, whether you're jogging, exercising, riding in your car. It is very, very special. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. You should do it. Keep listening to this podcast. Keep spreading it. But at the same time, it's also very important to have a set time where you can learn with someone else as well to study together with somebody to get to get clarity and actually in a way when you when you listen to a shear you sort of are are fulfilling that because you're you're learning together with somebody you know and just like you know if you read this mission by yourself you have one understanding it but when you listen to the shear to this podcast you're hopefully getting more clarity in the different ideas that the mission is expressing. So in a way, 
you are fulfilling this uh, dictum of learning with somebody, but it's still important that a person should have a chavrusa in person, a study partner to, to get clarity and ideas of Torah, the back and forth. And it's not just that, that there's different verses that are brought down in the Talmud that state the certain benefits that a person gets when they study together with someone else. Um, although we know that the Shekhinah is always with somebody who studies Torah, but it, there's greater levels when people study in greater numbers. Now, the second idea that was taught to King David from Achitofel, and that's how the Mishnah learns of the importance of giving honor to someone who teaches us, is the idea of having reverence for the Beis HaMikdash. It seems that when Achitofel walked into the study hall, the Beis HaMedrash, and he saw David and he felt that for, for David HaMelech, while he's studying Torah in, in, a, in the house of Hashem, in a study hall, he should have a certain level of reverence upon him. And he told him, how could you, how could you be, I guess, so lightheaded? Or how do you have this light spirit upon yourself? And he told him, and then David HaMelech said, what should I do? And he said, you have to have a certain level of reverence. And David HaMelech took his advice. So those are the two things that were referred that King David HaMelech learned from Achitofel. They weren't necessarily verses in the Torah or laws or, 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 you know, or some type of teaching. Rather, it was this good advice, which I guess furthered David HaMelech's service to Hashem. And, 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 and even though he was a Russia, he was an evil person, at least at the end of his life, he still is referred to as his, David HaMelech's teacher and guide. And he still, he still gave him that honor. He still referred to him. He, he gave him that reverence and awe, which is very interesting. And that's how we know of the respect that we need to give to our leaders of our, of, and the people that teach us as well. Now, I wanted to get into a little bit the reasons why we needed to have this awe and respect and why there's such an emphasis on the need to give honor to people teaches Torah. Right? Why is it that someone teaches you one thing, one letter in the Aleph base, you have to give some level of respect? Right? It's just one letter. What is it? You know, so it really is a as a introduction to this, it's brought down that the Gra, the Gon Rev Elio of Vilna, that he was known to be a tremendous genius and a huge Tamachacham, a big tzaddik. And it's known that one of the few people that he stood up for, one of them was his teacher who taught him Aleph Beis. Because after the, whoever, after his teacher taught him Aleph Beis, he already was, you know, in a, a higher level than any of the other teachers. They weren't teaching him anything because he knew it already. They didn't teach him anything. But his Aleph Beis Rebbe, the person who taught him the letters of the Aleph Beis, gave him his foundation. So even though he maybe wasn't, close to the level of, of, of that the, that the gone of Vilna was on. Nevertheless, the gone, the gra of Vilna stood up for him because he gave him the foundation to become who he could become. Now, it really gets back to our original question. Why do we have to give this tremendous amount of respect for someone who teaches us one letter? So the, the, the first example, which I want to give, which is an answer a little bit to help us understand this concept, is that we know a child has an obligation to honor their parents. The, 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 one of the Ten Commandments is, Honor your father and mother. 
Now, this obligation is a extends even if one's father and mother are not necessarily good people, quote unquote. Maybe the the maybe they're not they're unsavory individuals. A child has an obligation to honor them still. Obviously, if a father or a mother tells a child to do something which is against the Torah, he doesn't have to listen. And he's not supposed to, not he doesn't have to, he's not allowed to listen because the Torah takes precedence. But at the same time, the child still has an obligation to honor the parent. Meaning if this parent, who is not necessarily the best you know, role model, the child still has to get them a drink if he wants a drink and they still have to refer to him properly. You know, and um, unless unless they're doing things, <clears throat> the child still has an obligation to honor his parents. Unless there's a Torah obligation to to hate the parents, right? Normally, the the, the child has the obligation. It's a, it's everlasting bond. Now, why is that? Why does the child has that that obligation? So logically, we would say that since a parent brought the child into the world. So no matter what the parent does, right? No matter the situation, there's still that everlasting gratefulness the child has to have to the parent because if not for the parent, they wouldn't be here right now. They wouldn't exist. So under most situations, a child has an obligation from the Torah to honor the parent, right? There are some exceptions, like I mentioned before, but... Under normal circumstances, they have to honor the parents. We have to honor our parents. Now, this is this obligation that we have to honor our parents is only for our, our parents who brought us into this physical world. This physical world, how long do we live, right? We only have a certain amount of years on this earth. And God willing, we hope to maximize it to, the, to our most, to, to our best of our ability to live a long and fruitful life. But no matter how long it is, it's only in, in the course of, of, of humanity, in the course of time, it's a very small fraction of time because it's a physical life. So for the physical life, we have to give so much respect and honor. So all the more so, if someone gives us a spiritual life, who gives someone who gives birth to us spiritually, who gives us eternity, who teaches us Torah, who, 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 who shows us how to conduct ourselves, to do mitzvot, how to treat people properly. So shouldn't we, all the more so, shouldn't we have respect and honor for this individual who's giving us a, a share in the world to come, a share in eternity, in, in eternity, which no one can take away from us. And that's one way of understanding the, the reason that this Mishnah stresses the importance of giving respect and honor to people who give us, teach us Torah, who give over to us, because in essence, they're giving us eternity. And if someone's giving us eternity, right? It's just like if someone would give us uh, millions of dollars, right? They would bequeath us that money. We would, be, we would be eternally grateful. So too, when people teach us Torah, they're, they're bequeathing to us our heritage. They're, they're bequeathing to us eternity. So shouldn't we be eternally grateful? And I think that's one of the understandings of the beginning of this mission, how, why we need to have that reverence and awe. And we need sorry night by cover. That's why we need to give them the honor and respect because it's due to them. Just like that money we would get, we would be we would give the um, would give that honor 
the person who gave it to us, so too, um, so too, when it comes to our spiritual lives as well. Now, another answer to this question, which I thought is, which is a more of a deeper answer and maybe a little bit more Kabbalistical is an answer which is brought down by the Ruach Chaim. <clears throat> the Ruach Chaim is Reb Chaim Velazhener, who is known as the father of yeshivas. He opened the Velazhener Yeshiva. And that really became, that, that the, I guess, the, the way that yeshiva is set up became the forerunner of how yeshivas have been set up for the last 300 years. And Reb Chaim Velazhener brings down in Ruach Chaim, he brings it down from the Zohar. The Zohar states that the Jewish people, the Torah, and God are one. That the Torah, the Jewish people, and God are one. And this is a deep concept. I don't really want to get into it right now. But the idea he brings down is that every Jewish person who is believes in the Torah, who's involved in the Torah and in doing mitzvot and learning Torah and believes in the Torah. He knows he's part of this Eitz HaChaim, he refers to it, this living, this living tree. And the way he describes it is that when a person does a mitzvah, a person learns Torah, they're connecting themselves with this spiritual rope, the spiritual rope up to heaven which goes up from the highest of the high all the way down into this world. And every time we perform a mitzvah or we study Torah, right? Even one letter of the Torah, we're strengthening that rope or creating new ropes. We're, we're constantly making it a stronger connection with Hashem. That's how we keep ourselves connected to our source, right? We know that a neshama is from a higher place. It's, it's, we're a piece of God. Hashem blew into us Hashem blew into, blew into us life. And every time we do something good, we're reconnecting to that source. We're making that connection stronger. And on the flip side, God forbid, if we do a sin, if we do an Avera, we're, we start to cut at that rope. And that fits in very well because the, the term that's used for serious Averos, for serious sins, the punishment is kares is to be, and that literally means to be cut off. That a person who does a sin, who does Averos, certain Averos, what they're doing is they're cutting themselves off from their source. They're cutting the rope, that spiritual rope that's between them and Hashem. And if we know, and that's why the term is referred to as kares for certain Averos, if people do certain sins, the punishment is kares, which is means cut off literally which also means excommunication, but it fits very well with this idea because if, if a person has the ability to cut himself off when he does a sin, to cut that rope, to damage it, so all the more so if someone does mitzvot and learns Torah, he's strengthening the, 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 the bond between him and God. So now, and that means that even if a person learns one letter, he's adding to that, to that rope to that string that's going up to heaven. And, and therefore, since a person who teaches us Torah is helping us connect that bond to Hashem, so therefore, we have to be thankful for it. And this is a deep concept um, that is a, it's a very, 
sourced in again, like in Ruach Chaim and the Zohar. But that's one of the reasons why a, a Talmud Chacham, someone who's a Torah scholar, aside, we have an obligation to give them respect. Because aside for having honor for the Torah, which what we do is when we, when we see a Torah scholar, we're giving honor to the Torah because we honor a, a living Torah scholar. That's a living Torah. So just like we hug and kiss the Torah and we stand up for a Torah. So if someone takes in all the values of the Torah and he's a living it, he knows what the Torah says. And he knows it and he put his heart and soul into it. So all the more so we need to respect him. That's one reason why we respect the Torah scholar. And the other, another reason fits into our, this idea because he's close, more closely connected to Hashem. His rope to God is stronger. His connection is closer. So since that's the case, he's worthy of respect and worthy of honor. And I just want a, a very deep idea, which I thought I wanted to share with every, which I wanted to share with everyone tonight. And just to finish this Mishnah, we know that the Mishnah said three points. So the first part we really discussed, this idea of honoring those who teach us Torah. And the last two ideas, which I wanted to share tonight, was number one is, there's no honor except for the Torah. And what does that mean exactly? So I just want to quickly explain the difference between regular honor and honor for the Torah. The, when we give honor to people, like I mentioned before, are we giving it for other reasons? They're powerful, they're wealthy, they're, you know, we want to, are, we have our own reasons why we want to benefit. Or are we giving them honor because they themselves are deserving of honor? So most times that we're giving honor to people, it's not because of they themselves, who they are. Rather, it's because of what they have, what they could do for us, or maybe they have power or wealth or any of those things. You can fill in the blank. But true honor is when we respect somebody for who they are as a person, as an individual. And when you think about it, the, when a person, one of the true honor for a person, what real honor is when someone has Torah knowledge, because we're not respecting him because of other ulterior motives. We're respecting them because of the Torah that they study. And there's a very interesting um, medra, Yalkut Shimoni. There's a very interesting Yalkut Shimoni that's brought down in Parshas Truma. And he brings down a story about a, a merchant and a Torah scholar that were on a ship. And the merchant says to him, to this Torah scholar, what's what do you have with you? He says, I have a very precious item with me, and it's and it's hidden. He says, Why you why is it hidden? So he says, It's it's hidden. It's like, why won't you show it to me? Right? Says he says, When I get to the our, our, our destination, I'll show it to you. So they started going on the boat, and this businessman was with this Torah scholar who didn't seem to have much. But yet he was telling the merchant that he had this special gift, very valuable gift with him. And on the way, on the high seas, a pirate ship attacked this ship, hijacked it, took all the belongings of the merchants and anyone else who had any type of valuable and left the ship. When the ship docked, this merchant saw that there was a large crowd of people that were gathering by the seashore to, to welcome this Torah scholar. And then he finally understood right? What this Torah scholar was referring to when he said he had a present that was hidden. Because this Torah scholar, right? No one could take away what he had. 
the merchant, maybe he was respected at a certain point, but once his wealth was gone, his honor was gone as well. The Torah scholar, no one could take away the pirates. Nobody could take away what he had. And that's, that's true honor because no matter what, he, we have our Torah knowledge. And this is an important idea. We might not think of ourselves as the biggest Torah scholars. We should aspire to be. We should try to get there. But one thing very important we should remember is that when it comes to our Torah study and our mitzvot, we should remember that that's, that's what it really, that's what true honor is. That number one is when we look at people for respect, that's who we should look up to and honor. People who are working on themselves to take the ideals of the Torah and apply it to themselves. And number two is we should realize we should never lose our sense of dignity because no matter what, we should realize that we have Torah, we have mitzvos, and nobody could take that away from us. And that's we know it's, it was very well documented that during the Holocaust, the Nazis tried very hard not just to break the Jewish people physically, but to also emotionally and spiritually break the people, and that they couldn't do. Maybe they could beat us down and kill us and destroy us, but they were not able to take away our dignity, our spiritual heritage, what we have. As we see from the many stories where people, no matter under the hardest situations, we still see, we still saw that they were proud to be a Jew. We hear these stories, people singing into the gas chambers that they're saying, animamim, singing and dancing, because no matter what the Nazis tried to do to us, we still have that Torah mitzvah. They can't break us because we still have it. And we believe in, a, in, a, in, a, in, in, a, in another world. We don't just believe in this world. We believe in the next world as well. So no matter what they try to do, they try to take our way of physical lives, it doesn't help because we still have the Torah, we have the mitzvot, and we believe in Hashem. And a, one last thought for this Mishnah tonight is that there's no good except for the Torah, right? So when we think of good things in our lives, what do we think of? steak, ice cream, all the yummy things in the world. But what happens if you keep having steak for supper every single night? So by the third or fourth night, you're going to be sick of it already because there's no good thing in this world that's pure, unadulterated good. Everything in this world, at a certain point, it's not going to be good for you anymore, right? Even water. If a person drinks too much water, they could die. Anything that's good for it, but normally water is a, a good thing. We have to have water. Um, you name it, too much of it is not going to be good. There's only one thing which is totally good. That's Torah. The more you study Torah, the more you perform the mitzvot, the better and better you feel. The, the, the higher and higher you are. The more elevated you are. And that's what it means, that it says, it says in, in, in Mishle and Proverbs, I have given you a good teaching. Do not forsake my Torah. The Torah, the mitzvot, and everything that comes with that is totally good. There's no bad that could come from it. Meaning, the more we learn Torah, the more we perform mitzvot, the more we take it and make it part of our lives, the better we become the more enjoyable it is. And this is something we should keep in mind and God willing, we'll use it to become better and better people. So that's going to finish today's Mishnah. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Cohen with a K at gmail.com. Everyone have a great day.